Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG podcast, your source of exciting LCG discussion and information for the Legend of the Five Rings card game. With me, your host, uh, Finbar, aka Steelfur. And I am Trevor Cuba, aka Kikito Odimaru. How have you been, Finbar? I haven't heard from you in quite a while. Uh, yeah, mostly fine. Uh, I've had a new job recently. It's been sending me to a few conferences here and there. Um, you know, those lovely conferences where you're like in an airport hotel near a major city, but not ever actually going to the major city. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been in that situation where I'm like, technically I've been in Dallas. You can't say I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I never left I, the terminal, but I was there, damn it. <laughs> so, I, but I had a hilarious thing where I went to Madrid for the Grand Cotai, and then I went to the airport hotel on the other side of Madrid airport stayed there it was a great tour we'll talk about it later and then i came back and then two days later my boss called me and said so how do you feel about going to madrid for this conference for a day and a half i was like okay and then i went to madrid and i went to an airport hotel 10 minutes from the airport did my conference and then came home so it's like one week i'm in madrid next week i'm in madrid how many times have i seen the actual center of madrid zero so (laughs) why'd you even leave madrid they should it probably would have been cheaper just to like extend your hotel room wouldn't it i just i think they didn't realize that i was needed because it was a it was a week and a half later it wasn't it wasn't straight away so there was a bit of downtime but it was just amusing from my perspective because it was like oh oh i'm back in spain oh great i love spain and you also managed to miss the uh, Nova Open for like a week, right? So what is it with your new job, like flirting you near these events where major L5R events are happening, but like not quite lining up with it? What's up with that? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I was at the Madrid Grand Cotai, so I lined that up perfectly. And I'll be at Worlds too. So, you know, I do make my fair share of uh, L5R events. What about you? Have you been all right in my absence? I know no, I haven't been are... all right. My Rokukan Kickstarter is a complete failure. I'm a failure. Just so we're clear, I did actually back it in the end after your guilt trip the last time I was I was here. I, I put, I think, 10 or 15 of my finest pounds on the line. So the moral of the story is I should have guilt-tripped many more people into doing it. Okay, so like I the, the Kickstarter did not go forward. However, there's so uh, many, many silver linings here. On one hand, I was able to raise like half of what I was asking for. Like $5,000 is more than most L5R projects tend to raise on Kickstarter. So there's a lot of interest there. And all the people that I've been talking to over the last several months uh, and the interest that I've gotten from various people throughout the community means that there's still room for what I'm trying to do to grow. Uh, It's not going to be with this Kickstarter uh, convention idea right now. I'm just going to, I'm taking these things, I'm looking at them, seeing if I could like start a series of smaller projects with some much more uh, manageable budgets and stuff. It'll be limited access to wherever I'm able to go. But uh, I'm going to see what we can grow individually from some of these parts and then maybe revisit the convention idea in a year or two. See how that goes. So this is, overall, this idea is not dead and the enthusiasm for these various like, uh fan run projects and events uh that's still alive and well so i'm still optimistic for my overall goal of what this is supposed to be yeah that's good i mean you can't give up on your dreams just because of a small setback and you know there Listen, may I'm, be a Ch- less Cuba has given up on his dreams many times 
Okay, well, you can't give up on your LFR-related dreams uh, merely for the sake of... Okay, no, this isn't working. You, you can't give up on your L5R-specific operational running tournament event dreams just because of one minor setback. I will never give up an L5R. L5R's given up on me a few times, but I will never give up an L5R. (laughs) Well, yes, but hopefully L5R doesn't give up on you again, uh, which is all of the worries that uh, the FFG community has after they cancel Game of Thrones. But, um, (laughs) you know, we're we're being optimistic. I mean, they own the IP. It's a lot easier to make money out of L5R than it is out of a license you have to pay someone else for. Uh, So... I do yeah. enjoy how all of the FFG games are just kind of like slowly side-eyeing uh, what's going on with Game of Thrones right now and stuff. And FFG is just like, don't worry. None of you guys are on the chopping block. How often does that happen, you know? <laughs> Except Keyforge. Keyforge is not eyeing anyone. Oh, no, yeah. Like, are we going to get cancelled? I will play Keyforge sealed. But, you know, if you think playing Scorpion is degenerate, you should try playing at some of the high... Um, rating uh keyforge control decks that people have pulled they are horrible and you know all right uh recent world events uh we've got worlds coming up in like three or four weeks it's right up, up on us right now isn't it yeah i'm excited you excited you, i'm kind of excited this is interesting because crane is actually in a very dominant position in the current meta uh and i have almost no intention of playing the game <laughs> I was so involved with Rokukan that I haven't had zero time to practice since basically Gen Con. And, and I, the amount of, I've also recently got my own uh, new job too. And the amount of time and energy it would take for me to get up to where I need to be, to be like competitive is just daunting. So what I've actually done, and I kind of encourage anyone else to do this if they have enough time and if they need to help is I sent an email out to the Fantasy Flight team saying if they want any help running events, running some of their side events, maybe they need some judges for the events and stuff. Something I could still like go there and show my support for the game in the community uh, because let's be honest, um, I'm not going to win. I don't think know how well I'd even do you know <laughs> i do okay i'd go i believe if i put my all into it i would go to worlds and get a very respectable you know positive score you know i'd probably go like four two or at least three three i'd imagine uh get some koku meet some people have a perfectly pleasant time i think it'd be more enjoyable for myself and also more effective for the game as a whole if i go there and like volunteer my time and help the uh op team there do whatever they need to do Fair enough. I will not be doing that. I'm going to game. Because <laughs> I'm there to I win. I live. I know. I'm not going to win. I live, but I live 12 hours away. So I'm going to go and try and have as much fun as I can rather than helping run events. Though so I might help with one or two things if I'm free at the right time. We'll see. So Buzz, like, I've got my Miramoto's Dice Show and my Jessica's approach. I'm ready to take I'm the whole thing. not playing dueling. <laughs> Currently, the debate is what do I play at the LCQ? I may play Crab and then. Because I, I really need to get into Worlds, right? This is I, I can't go to Worlds and not get into Worlds because all the swag is for getting into Worlds. So I may play Crab or I may just play my Nintendo Master deck. And then if I get into then I'll play Dragon, whatever. But, you know, 
for people paying attention for our, our our vague timeline of how we discuss things that no one ever sees but us, keep in mind that the Grand Championship in Brazil is scheduled for November 29th through December 1st. So that is coming up real quick. Uh, now we go to our weekly recap, which is more like a month-long recap. Nothing much has happened um, event-wise, but we did have France and Madrid had their grand championships on the same weekend, which happened. Uh, Fidmore, you were over there at one of them. Tell me about your experience. I mean, the Madrid Grand Cotar was great. Uh, 90 people, really fun, good atmosphere. The Spanish people really know how to sort of host and throw an event. Uh, very well organized. Um, and then, of course, we had unofficial prize support from Luxury Playstyle. Um, and we had a team event the second day for everyone who didn't qualify, which is three versus three, which was very fun. Um, genuinely, yeah, a good weekend. I mean, we were talking earlier about how Crab have been nerfed by the restricted list, but equally, the winner was Crab. His deck was restricted list legal for the new restricted list. He was running, um, he was running, what was he running? Was Satoshi? No, he wasn't. He was running Satoshi. So, okay, we may need to make a few tweaks to it. But anyway, Crab are OP and they have been nerfed. And the other finalist was Unicorn. Well, about, yeah, you mentioned this before. I, did, I I briefly went through some of the decks on here, and I have noticed that like many of the cards that were uh, this deck or this tournament happened before the re recent restricted list was put into effect. Many of the clans already had those cards omitted from their deck lists, just because like they weren't very useful. You mentioned Pablo's deck was already restricted list compliant. No, it wasn't. I checked again. It was running. It was okay. Yeah, I see Satoshi right there. Um. I know Cranes had no Daidoji Uji there. The two Cranes that got into the top 16. Well, a lot of people had already made their world's decks and were testing that rather than worrying about what they were or weren't going to get from the restricted list. And also, you know, the restricted list came out nine days before the tournament and was legal two days afterwards. I personally said that it should be legal because everyone had a week and a half to get ready to ask people to change their decks at that stage. But the organizers... Um, and we're sitting here, so right now we're talking about, this is kind of the end of it, we're talking about the Madrid Grand Championship. Um, I haven't heard much from the French uh, Grand Championship. They have it on the same weekend. Much smaller event. It was about a third of, it was about 29 people, I think. Um, just not attended nearly as, um, that's about all I know about it. For, for folks who are bad at geography like me and stuff, keep in mind that France and Spain are relatively pretty close to each other. They're about the size of, like, if you're American, imagine the size of two very large states kind of next to each other. So if you're, like, inclined, you could probably drive from one to the other, uh, go through some borders and stuff like that, and kind of go to uh, either one, as long as you think that your Eng your language skills are up to par. Um but uh, and Madrid is historically one of the largest L5R gathering spots uh, in the world. So putting France up against Madrid is just a a, a, um, a shame for the French players. They just never really had a chance to compete, I don't think. I imagine the 24 people there are just people who are like, oh, it's much easier for me to be here in France because I'm probably French or something rather than stretching all the way to Spain uh, for the same exact tournament. But it's wild speculation on my part. So, anyway. Moving along uh, into, theoretically, the meat and potatoes of this, of this episode, depending on how it got chopped up. Uh, so, it's actually been a while since we've talked about the restrict... Uh, uh, we've recorded that the restricted list came out. Again, all of our listeners... 
I'm assuming are very well uh, aware of what's on the restricted list right now. I'm not going to beat a dead horse about that. Um, in the testing for the last month or any of the games you've played, have you noticed anything interesting about the decks that are being developed? Everything's like mostly prepping for Worlds right now. Most of the high-level players are doing that right now. Have you seen the restricted lists play into that? How has um, the, what is the guy? The Miramoto Master... Is that his name? Why can't Neat I remember Master. his name? Neaten Master, that's his name. Neaten Master is back in the deck of every single dragon that's not playing dueling. He's amazing. We're running a new crab attachment to ready him more. Life is Neaten. Um, crab have dropped Satoshi and are now running Spyglass or Rebuild. Um, and then the rest of it's all over the place. Some are running Pacifism. Some are Unicorn Splash. Some are running Scorpion Splash. Mark of Shame and Warden of the Damned. Uh, they're all over the shop. Um, Phoenix are Phoenixing with spells. Uh, Crane are something dueling, I guess. Uh, we're exactly what I was talking about earlier, where Crane have so many good options right now that like, we are literally all over the place, and they're all perfectly viable in different ways. You see a Crane, do you know if they're going to be doing um, Keeper of Air or Seeker of Void? Seeker of Void's better and stuff, but Seeker of Air is not something to ignore. Are they going to have guests of honor or policy debate um what is the makeup of their dynasty the dynasty is the big thing the the, the uh, um the fate deck that's pretty mostly universal it's the dynasty you gotta watch out for and a lot of interesting things are coming out from it. not just from like what's already on the table but also like what we have coming in the future uh that's gonna be available um uh, so like right now, a uh, big thing that's interesting is Daidoji Kageyu, who is going to be in pack five in legal for worlds. He is the, um, I'll just read the card for you right now. Uh, he is a uh, three cost, uh, two, two, two glory, courtier shinobi, disguised courtier, action during a political conflict when this character is participating. Uh, draw one card for every card that your opponent has uh played this conflict so that's where we're talking about like generically powerful abilities i don't need to have a courtier or a bushi or a disguised theme deck for that just to be a powerful ability right yeah exactly and of um, course you've got kozanobu as well mm -hmm. i know a lot of oh yeah and even for the children of heaven pack uh iron crane legion uh is uh, still making moves. And uh, I'm actually, to quote um, uh, Minds Desire, who was talking on the Jade Throne podcast, Crane have a very Swiss boxy um, dynasty deck. So I've got options. You know, you don't know it's going to be a 1X. You don't know it's going to be a 3X in a Crane deck. Um, so they're yeah. keeping you on your toes. Um, I think Scorpion is still pretty locked on, but they're getting some really cool stuff in there. Uh, thing. The new uh, province. What's the name of that province that I keep forgetting? The one that turns off abilities. Effective Deception. Yeah. That one is a, 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 the, a clan that's also a Say No clan. That thing is shutting down some things right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's Effect quite useful. Uh, four strength, province strength, interrupt. When the effects of a triggered ability would initiate during a conflict at this province, cancel those effects. I love how it's not um, forced, like the way Hida Kasada is. So a scorpion player can choose when to do this and it can bait out. It knows what it wants to stop. A good scorpion player knows what he wants to stop. Uh, so he can just wait until I'm using uh, 
male <laughs> terms right now. A Scorpion player, regardless of gender, can yeah. wait out uh, whatever effect, effect they know is going to shut down this conflict and just shut you down from there. Conversely, the Earth province for the dragon in this set lets you look at your opponent's hand once when it's revealed. Oh man, you're just you're just right on this uh, on the uh, uh, salt train right now, aren't you? <laughs> I'm I'm not going to stop. It, it's starting to get pretty pretty horrific. Um, yeah, lots of new cards for people. And the one card, of course, you haven't mentioned for Crane is Doji. Is it Doji Kozanobu? Who is in the Lion Pack, which is the one that cancels reactions? Oh yeah, you you had just mentioned him. I love that to you too. Uh, for those who don't know, yeah, he's in the Lion Pack. Uh, he is off the top of my head. I'm not looking at it right now. He is a four coster, uh, three four, I believe, either two or three glory, uh, courtier creature, and he has a, a, a printed ability that states that no player can trigger reactions. Uh, and it's a bit of a head scratcher because you're, you, everyone starts looking at their hands and their decks like, how many things do I have on the board that's a reaction? Um, just enough to kind of like make note of him. And um, most notably, the people pointed out that like, oh, if you're playing a seeker role, then he will turn off your ability to gate fit as a seeker. That's one thing. Yeah. Really hurts Phoenix because... Um, Display of power. Yeah, the shuts down display of power and a lot of other things. Yep. Hurts Lion as well, too. A lot of their provinces are reactions. Turns off ready for battle. Turns off a lot. Turns off Blade of a Thousand Battles. So it's like, it's neat and it's useful, but it's like generally inconsistent for what a lot of people would consider uh, be to be a very consistent card. But at 3-4 with like two or three glory in a crane deck, like if nothing else, he's just a beat stick. Like he will come into town and fight you. So he's not a, and courtier with, along with um, the tea house, that's a very good combination to have. So he's just generally useful. He's, I would expect to see him either as uh he could be a one X in a deck or some people have him with a three X in a deck, you know, but I, I, as always, I'm always talking way too much about crane stuff. What's that? Some other things that we don't know. Uh, what's Unicorn doing? I know uh, Frotop put out that video for the Unicorn slash Phoenix deck. Uh, it is using pacifism to effect because when you attack uh, Unicorn and you get the, uh, I believe it's Khans or Du province, turns all conflicts into military, suddenly those pacifisms become a lot more powerful. And it actually happened to me. I had uh, my my buddy in my locals. Uh, I had the game pretty much locked up. He had a few pacifisms on me. I'm not really paying attention because I haven't been paying attention to the meta for a while. Um, and I'm just going to like, okay, I'm going to attack him. He's going to do something. And I'm going to take his province. And there's not, and I'm taking his, strong, his stronghold. There's nothing you can do to stop me. And he just goes, cons are due. And then I just instantly lose the game because he just does three attacks on me and I can't stop him whatsoever. And it was gross. I mean, it's beautiful. One of the, just, you know. I mean, everyone loves it when Crane get burned down, right? <laughs> One of the reasons to Splash Dragon, so, you know, let go of those passive. Uh, let's see. Uh, Smuggler's Cove as a neutral province is, uh, this is in uh, pack five again, uh, a very, de it's secret role only, but it's a very decent option for water provinces. Uh, it is, look away from it. Um, Action, uh, four private strength action during a province uh, a conflict at this province. Choose a character you control. Move the chosen character into the conflict or home from the conflict. So, moving people around is always useful. That's what it's um, it's proving ground on a stick. Not proving ground. 
Favorable ground. There we go. What's the what does the dragon think of this? Do you have a secret role? Uh yeah. Uh not going to play it. I'd rather just play Hawk. This prevents you from playing Hawk Deck too? No, but why would I need to play both? I mean, moving around is also, really useful. Like, so this is how sorry, this is how Dragon thinks about this. If you're trying to duel and dishonor your opponent, then the real solution to not being able to assign your dueling tower to the fight so you can duel them is have relative cause under your stronghold so that when the unicorn player hits your stronghold, you change the conflict to political and suddenly your tower can assign again. But also, like, we have our own covert and we have let go for pacifism, so we're not exactly by it as Kranar. So Smuggler's Cove is interesting. Not personally going to play it, but good luck, I guess. There was, because once again, if I'm not talking about Crane, then I'm talking about my good buddy Max Williams. Uh, from his testing, not much in Crab is really, as we talked about before, Crab are kind of all over the place trying to figure out what they're trying to do. It's still kind of like what they were doing before, just nowhere near as good. Frontline Engineer is a card that's testing out because you can uh, hunt down some provinces and get really big from it. And I believe there's a char the character in the Lion Pack. I uh, can't remember her name, but I think she's like a three two zero uh, something something. But anyone who is larger has more military than them can send them home. Good because it sends them home, but unfortunately, uh, like many send home effects, it's not a send home bow. So you send someone home, they are still up for a future attack or a future defense. So. You kind of save one province, but not really because they just attack you twice and it's like not effective. A little, a little bit of a stall tactic. It's not, it's worth, you know, unfortunately, because like not much is being offered from the rest of the crab characters until the crab pet comes out. It's good enough to see play. It's kind of annoying, but it's not really game breaking. What, Yusuke Hikaru? No, she's really good. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking about, like, uh, the, like, because it's not bowing you, it's, uh, I've played a bunch of games with uh, Max, even though I just talk about how I haven't played much in the Madden stuff. I've played a bunch of games with Max, because I'm trying to help him prepare for worlds. Yeah, I think, I think Yusuke Hikaru is really effective. It's cute, it buys you around, but, um, it's not that... Yeah, but because you're crab and you outlast people, sometimes a few extra rounds here and there is all you need because your characters don't go away. So actually, I think I think Yusuke Hikaru might actually show up a bit at Worlds. I think she's quite interesting. I know one of our local players is definitely testing her. Something that uh, a problem that interestingly that crab is having right now is actually thanks to this new strategy of um, pacifism coming back into the environment where people were going more towards like trying some unique options because like there's generally not that many attachments that you really need to worry about in this game. Even cloud the mind, cloud the mind is definitely still around, don't get me wrong, but there's not too many like. Oh, you get my one character. My whole game plan doesn't like shut down because you've clouded my best character in the game. I've got many good characters now, right? But it's so a lot of people were like trying other splashes and getting kind of creative with their things. Well, the things of this uh, Phoenix pacifism, people have rallied back around like, okay, we need to get our dragon splash. We need to get three let goes. We need to get a bunch of Mia Mystics in there. Crab is still somewhat attachment reliant. But because everyone has so many like anti-attachment techniques right now and stuff, they're having a hard time keeping the stuff they didn't want on the board. Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky problem. The answer is just to play more attachments until the attachment yeah. hate is gone. <laughs> but um, you know that's hard to do. Scorpion, I have, I don't. I, we talked about their one province that they're getting. Um, 
Scorpion from what I've heard from the players, again, I haven't talked to them too closely, but they're kind of miffed, right? Because they're not getting anything that's great right now until Soju comes out and the sixth thing, so he's not going to be illegal for Worlds. And they're a bit worried because, oh, Shishiro Miyako is really good that came out in Justice for Satsume. They're worried that if there's a major cycle going around, all their power is still from the core set. So if a major shakeup happens to the core set, like if it gets cycled out next year, then they're just going to be left with everything they've been getting, which is not that great, honestly. So for Worlds, they're still like easily one of the top three decks, maybe even like the top deck. I would not be surprised if Scorpion wins this entire uh, event. And But for the most part, it's kind of what you've all seen before. So if you know a Scorpion deck, you've can expect to see what it's going to have at Worlds. I don't think there's going to be too many interesting secrets you're going to see popping out of nowhere. But the future of Scorpion, kind of looking grim, at least according to the hearsay I've heard from some Scorpion players. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see where that goes. Um, rotation's not going to be for another, what, year or so? So, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be more tools of a Scorpion's arsenal for this Imperial deck before we reach a situation where they don't have uh, you know they don't have anything to play i mean look at pack six and see the power of new shoju and uh, if you if i was scorpion i wouldn't be worried about losing my core cards i'd just be asking what other good cards i'm going to get instead yeah okay so we are clearly the best experts to ask about the uh, meta for worlds but what else is going on in worlds one thing that's of note again we've been offline for so while we never covered this is people were wondering for a while who was going to win we believed at the end of the last kotai which was at belonga italy that scorpion would have had enough points to win the inheritance cycle and thus be gifted with uh uh hosting winter court at fantasy flights headquarters in minnesota this year turns out crane won and it's not entirely, this is like a Gryffindor kind of situation. There was announced very early that we're going to have, like, many of these Kotais and other large events had things like costume contest or, uh, and they said, like, other strong supports of clan loyalty would be uh, added towards getting some mysterious points toward a thing. But it was never clarified. And so people were kind of surprised when they announced the world's was going to be hosted by the crane because and this is not me like blowing smoke, but we have a uh, specifically uh, Eric uh, Leon who folded a thousand paper cranes and was taken around to all the co-ties. Our co-host over at the RPG side, Kikita Kaori, she has showed up to many of these events in costume and has gifted many of the top participants with hand make uh, fans or she'll hand make these flower displays and give them to the top top of clan of every event she goes to. Uh, so those two alone and some other parts here and there have edged out uh, the crane over the scorpion to allow crane to become the winners of the right to host worlds. Yeah. And I mean, um, like it is nice that all of this extra, uh, curricular activities are counted towards who gets to host worlds, but I think, you know, if there's one thing that you can fairly criticize FFG for, it is communication, uh, and in this instance, not telling people, uh, even judges, when they could award extra points and what they could award extra points for. So we have a situation where some judges who were closer to FFG um, in the US awarded points for things like furthest traveled and stuff like that, whereas the judges in Europe didn't know that that was a thing that they could do. And when that's going on, you just have a situation where 
and I think a lot of Scorpion have put this quite well, where they were getting quite excited, getting into the favor race, seeing who was going to win, tracking it on a spreadsheet, doing all that work. And also, I would say, you know, attending events they wouldn't have attended to try and get those points, convincing other people to come with them just to try and play better and get the points. And then it comes down to the wire, and it turns out that it's won by a clan for doing like great extracurricular stuff, like the stuff that the crane did was really good. And they should be rewarded for it. But you have to ask the question, what would the Scorpion have done if they knew that they could get points for doing extracurricular activity and and how those points could be earned? The the thing, like, you know, Crane, uh, for being, like, stereotypical about clans, and, like, I think there's some kind of, like, mental synergy that goes along with uh, people who are, like, hyper fans of specific clans in the game and stuff. The things that the Crane players did, specifically Eric and Kaori, uh, that's just things they would do if there was no points there whatsoever, you know. Those are just things that they enjoy doing uh, for the love of the game. Uh, it does bring a question of, like, what would everyone else have done if they knew that there was more things going on? And it was. I will say that the last few co-ties was very interesting to follow the end results as it kind of came down to the wire to see who would all participate, uh, like, give those last few points, and it generated a lot of excitement. I would definitely be, if I was a Scorpio player, excited to see all these victories happen and then have it all taken away from, like, out of left field. I was actually kind of worried at one point because when the clan letters at the start of this inheritance cycle came out, they said straight up that only three clans really have a chance of winning it. It was the Crane, the Phoenix, and the uh, the Scorpion. But the other clans, from their air quotes, champion, it was Tyler. He wrote all these things and stuff. But they had mentioned supporting other clans. So I was kind of worried at one point if the clans were going to arbitrarily take the point. Like, if I was a, the crab players, are we just going to, like, donate all of our points to the Scorpion or some other clan just to make sure some other clan doesn't win, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that that would never have been allowed to happen. It, look, Don't say never. This is L5R. Worse has happened and can and has room to happen again, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Look. Are you are you for tradition or progressivism? Because <laughs> you chose wrong. <laughs> like you tell the judge that if someone does something extraordinary that's community focused they can write and they have to tell everyone that they're doing it and then it raises the bar on doing things right because everyone knows that if they do do something they can get you know they can get extra points but it, you don't have to be specific about what so people don't game the system and if people are being lazy and just doing it for the points and you're like well you haven't really made an effort you don't have to give them anything but if someone does something amazing, you can reward that. The issue is just about transparency and everyone knowing what they can be given and knowing who has been given what so that we, we can track the race. Because FFG aren't tracking the race. They're not making it public. You know, they, they weren't making it, like they weren't keeping tabs on it so that people could say, oh, I'm going to go to this event, need to win more so we can get worlds. And then the Scorpion feel robbed because they were. And Matt Holland, speaking of being transparent, uh, again, everything that's coming through is we have a brand new OP team who are still getting their feet wet and trying to figure out what's going on. Matt Holland has been outstanding lately going on Facebook to answer people's questions individually and has been keeping the, the, uh, the community very abreast of what's going on, why certain decisions were made as best as he can. And he told, talked about why all this stuff came out. And he said, like, part of it, he did a full come up and saying, like, listen, yeah, there's a problem because 
because none of the stuff was tracked publicly on the website. It would have been a lot less uh, disappointing for people if points were publicly tracked, uh, the official point score was officially tracked, the things that qualified for points were uh, made public. I remember early on, and I had forgotten about it because no one knew anything. When the cycle, when the inheritance cycle started and they announced that there's going to be cosplay contests going on, I was very interested, like, okay, what is the process for these contests? What are the criteria for these uh, cosplay contests going to happen? Any information? No one had anything. I talked to uh, Sar, who was uh, one of the judges for many of these events up until recently, and he said, like, yeah, well, I'm just going to have some what whatever Hadamoto happened to be hanging around give a thumbs up or thumbs down to who they think uh, has the best costume. You know, that's not necessarily the most scientifically unbiased way of determining uh, who has the best cosplay, you know? So, really, honestly, all the confidence in the world that this is going to be buttoned up and presented a lot more cleanly going forward. I'm kind of interested to see if there's going to be interesting uh, announcements at Worlds to see what the plan is going forward for prizes, points tracking, story decisions, things of that nature. Yeah, we'll see. Um, sorry, if I like, if I'm not as enthusiastic, I've just reached the point where. If you set your expectations low, then you don't get disappointed when things go awry. I don't you're, think you're just you're just staring at your dragon cards like no, if I if I if I play three actions during my cosplay contest, do I get points for my clan? No, no, no. I mean, it's it's not that. It's just that I feel that FFG have failed repeatedly on communication, on design, on delivery. I like the world. I still think it's one of the best games created but i think they've lost a lot of the capital that was given to them initially at the start um in terms of you know optimism and expectation i think if they want to get it back they have to earn it back i don't think you give it to them naturally even if it is a new team because the new team might just learn the old lessons of the past and that that's just where i have reached to um at this particular point oh, i definitely agree um i ffg as a faceless company has very little faith from me. Individuals, I really like, not just personally, but uh, I have a lot of uh, hope and optimism with the individuals who I know are working very hard to do things. But you do have to keep in mind that, you know, people, if we like Tyler, right? And Tyler's doing a thing. He is only a designer for this game. And is only really in charge of the card game design. He can't touch marketing. He can't touch distribution. He can't touch a lot of things. So, and like my Holland, he said, he'd come in. He's been very open, but he's only the organized play guy for not just L5R, but for all games. So he can only give us so much attention, you know? Uh, these are all known problems. And as a company, yeah, Fantasy Flight has a lot to kind of like get a grip on stuff i i do like the individuals uh but we'll see what's going on and i do like the the trajectory we're going compared well we're if we're gonna set a baseline like with the community was probably at its lowest point at gen con where we had no news no updates it was looking like the if you were uh either keyforge or their new marvel line it seemed like fantasy flight did not care about you i think they've been doing a much better job uh, showing love not to just to our game, but to all of the Fantasy Flight games, except for Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones got the opposite of what our love is. <laughs> they got the can. Well, they but, didn't uh, win, so they died. Yeah. Is that what happens to Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, 
speaking of, this is still on, uh, like moving on, but still on the point we're talking about. So we're like, we've always said that we want more story decisions happening, right? And Matt Holland has heavily implied that we like, we're not going to get any letters from the clan champions this year. One, we, the letters from the clan champions last year have not been answered yet. Only one of them has, apparently. But there's been a series of fictions coming out, like, basically every week uh, that are, like, pushing the story forward from the last big bombshell story thing that happened. Well, I'm not going to go too deep into the story details because that is our sister podcast's uh, milieu to deal with. Things are happening there, and Matt Helen has uh, openly said on Facebook, the things that are happening are going to have an effect on potential story options that are happening at world so it would behoove you people who are interested to ch get up to date on the story at least the last few fictions that happened figure out what's going on and if you're interested in story prizes this might be the first in a new glorious wave of very interactive story decisions that we're going to start getting yeah that's going to be quite exciting when it comes around uh always happy for a bit more of an interactive story though i will confess to still being behind uh so until i've caught up um it's a bit hard to keep track of and i thought i was behind but i actually caught up except for for some reason i haven't gotten around to reading the unicorn novel yet it's the only thing that's like missing for me right now but i'll get to it eventually yeah also that's kind of like not set in the same area so yeah and besides unicorns have never done anything important anyway so yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough <laughs> Uh, one final thing to talk about before we get out of here is a new format that's going to be introduced at Worlds, which is drafting. What can you tell me about drafting, Finbar? So they're going to make a draft set, which will involve cards from actual set. I think it's going to be involve most of the cards from the from the actual game. Uh, there's special like draft only roles, which will allow you to play multiple clans as a splash, um, or like all non-uniques from some clans and no uniques and stuff like that there's a lot of sort of the interesting roles to take to make obviously the idea of drafting work because there's no way you're going to draft one main clan and one splash clan under the deck um the decks are going to be 30 30 yeah i think it's going to be interesting there's only been one draft pod initially running at worlds because tyler is going to be running one. however i have heard what saying and tyler has said that if you do bring a collection a full collection then he will help you set up a draft pod own. So, well, I believe he said he was going to run at one pod every day. Yeah, but mistaken. he did also say that if you wanted to run one, he would help you set it up. If you brought your own collection, so I think that could be. Um, I mean, hey, if uh, Fancy Flay gets my email and they want to say I'll bring my entire collection, we can just run uh, some draft pods from my collection. That'll happen. Yeah, that could be fun. Though I know Tyler definitely probably wants to oversee first few i'll tell you what i'm not interested in dra drafting has never appealed to me particularly um i don't like the random aspect of it and so it's just not my cup of tea however i am interested in this because it's a good vehicle to get new people into the game and maybe uh, this is what I, my serious hope is so like if they have drafting It'd be cool. They'd be like, hey, we can just play with my cards. You don't have to buy anything. It might be a good way to get some new people in there and kind of get the their feet wet into the game and stuff. That's one possibility. It's also very, like, if you want a casual way of playing the game, it might be fun for that. I think that's pretty much good for now. Uh, anything you want to add on to what we're talking about here? No, no. I think I pretty much said everything, actually. Uh, yeah. 
Um, anyway, yes. So it's been fun. Um, remember, if you liked this podcast, please subscribe. Tell your friends. Guilt trip your friends into listening. I hear it works. Um, and you know, give us a review on podcast. Please see our podcast. Maybe they're wandering off of our players who would like some attention. Random discussions on how they should play any clan other than dragon. Um, isn't that right, Trevor? Guilt trip your friends into supporting us before the Kickstarter fails. <laughs> <laughs> I supported you before the Kickstarter failed. It just didn't. That's technically true. Succeed. <laughs> And also do remember that if you want to hear more of us, you can subscribe to the Elf of our Discord Patreon, which helps support this podcast, the LCG podcast. And of course, there is a monthly um, LCG or Fans of Asia themed giveaway, which is available to all of the Patreons. So if you're interested about that, you can find details about it in the section of the L5R Discord. Do you, do you listen to the RPG podcast? They are so much more coordinated about these intros and outros than we are. And they also keep their episodes under 30 minutes. It's crazy. I'm so jealous. I mean, <laughs> we keep our episodes under 30 minutes. Also, also, like, I don't listen to them because I'm not caught up on the story and their episodes are full of spoilers. So more people should want to listen to us. We're full of card spoilers. <laughs> I've never given out a card spoiler on this show that wasn't already leaked by FFG. <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> that's all of them, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So you know, don't shoot the messenger. Speaking of our sister podcast, uh, we are also on a two different feeds now. So if you're hearing us but not them, uh, go to your podcast provider of choice and search for the uh, Court Games RPG podcast to find them. And if you are listening to them but not us, you can't hear me. So don't worry about it. <laughs> and if you can't hear Trevor, then don't really worry. because If you, know, if you can't hear Trevor, your, your life is better for it, honestly. <laughs> Just, just we get a cardboard cutout and have it just say crane, crane, crane all the time. Uh, and before we go out of here, I do want to announce that uh, Chris Garvey of the Splinters of Jade podcast, uh, they are having uh, on October 26th. So probably by the time you hear this, it will already have passed. But they are having a uh, round the table uh, games pub in Linwood, Washington. They're having a uh, a charity tournament out there. Uh, price of entry is to bring one non-perishable food item and it will be donated to the Linwood Food Bank. So uh, check that out. If you hear this podcast by the time we, uh, uh, that happens, I would have uh, talked about it earlier, except somebody wanted to wait like a month to record with me. I mean, you recorded with other people. This isn't uh, an exclusive relationship. <laughs> we've but we've got an open you situation. Other people to like record with. I'm not going to feel jealous. You you knew what this was, Trevor. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is just for like fun and card games, right? So you know. Don't don't hold me to standards for not talking about it the last time it was on. Anyway, food drives are important. Everyone likes food. I like food. Um, I like ramen because I'm an Asian. I don't Asian think fire. ramen is, is a right word. Uh, it's ramen a word. Yeah, is not a tinned good. And if you do find tinned ramen, then I also, I, you know, it's one of those things that I kind of want to know, and you should tell me. But also, I don't want to know because it's probably in a like. Imagine how soft tinned ramen like i'm getting slightly nauseous but food drive i kind of want to invent canned ramen no we, don't we, do we it, could, it won't we work. can start a It'll business here get out <laughs> all right trevor cuba's next kickstarter tinned ramen <laughs> i just need ten thousand dollars trevor cuba's next failed kickstarter tinned ramen Fedbar, give me 10 quid thousand dollars <laughs> maybe 
Um, yeah, so that's it from us. I've already said goodbye, but I'm going to do it again because we keep getting distracted. Uh, yeah, I've been your host, Finbar, aka Steelfur. Currently, Agasha Steelfur, but that may change. Who knows? I am Trevor Cuba, aka Kikita Onimaru, now and forever, which is weird because I actually have it set as some various passwords and logins for non FFG things. So if they ever get mad at me, I'm going to have to <laughs> find a way to scrub the Kikita part out of that. <laughs> so, everyone, Trevor's email, which is trevor.cuba at hotmail.com, um, if you want to use that and the password Kikita Onimaru to try and log into various servers. Uh, like please do. you're, you're <laughs> saying this you're saying this is a joke but you're so close it's not even funny <laughs> i don't know what your email address is we talk on discord this is a discord focused podcast you could like have a different first name for your real name could be josiah um, you're still you're still in, uh, pretty sure i'm japanese <laughs> no no that's, that's how little you care about our relationship <laughs> you were japanese because you lived in japan for four years so I had a very good reason because you kept talking about going to Japan. And I was like, oh, you must be going home to be Japanese. <laughs> wait, wait, I have to go home to be Japanese? I can't just be Japanese wherever I'm at? No, but like, you know, people who visit a country that often usually have some like connection. To, like, I go to Ireland because I'm Irish. I'm going to go to England and I'm going to be so English. <laughs> I think I'm going to get a top hat and a bunch of tea. It's going to be dope. We don't wear top hats, but if you start with the tea, you can't really go that far wrong. <laughs> Just remember, you put the milk in first, and then the hot water. Right, let's end this. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> yeah, goodbye and good night. <laughs> <laughs>